Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. I'm of course your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh, if by some reason you enjoy the sound of my voice and you just can't get enough of it and you want more of it, you can go check out the two other podcasts that I have done. It's one called Geekly Dose. We talked about everything geek from video games, comic books, movies, etc. Also, Republic City Report, which was a Legend of Korra podcast. So if you happen to watch that show back then when it was on, or if you're trying to get into it now, that podcast is still up as well. Head over to Stitcher.com as well as iTunes to check those out. Now, if you are, if you were a listener of those, then you probably know that usually for either the uh, 20th episode or the 25th episodes of the podcast, I like to do something special. So on episode 20 of Geekly Dose, uh, my co-host and I, we counted down our favorite five uh, video games of all time, right? So we just kind of went back and forth. We kind of elaborated on what our thoughts were. We did a countdown. It was a pretty long episode, but it's probably one of the most epic episodes that we did. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, make sure you go check that out. Now, also in Republic City Report on episode 25, I talked about some additional things. I went into more detail about things that I probably wouldn't have normally talked about in a regular episode. And I also recorded that Legend of Korra rap song that I wrote and made a music video for it and all that. Now... The reason why I'm saying all this is because, well, this is episode 21 of the podcast, also episode 21 of Dragon Ball Super. So that means in about a month, it'll be time for episode 25. So I'd like to do something special for this podcast as well. So what I'm going to do is going to invite all of you guys to send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or recommendations of anything that you would like to hear me talk about uh, for that episode. Or if you just happen to have an idea for something else cool or special, no matter how crazy it is. I mean, if it's something that is within the real the realm <laughs> of me being able to potentially do it, then I'll give it a shot. I already have a couple of ideas of something that I'm going to do. Uh, I won't bring that up yet until I know for sure it's going to happen. But if you, of course, have anything you want to see or hear anything for the 25th episode, make sure you let me know. Um rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com of course you can always go to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast as well if you want to leave me a comment there or send me a message there okay so i'm going to remind you guys every week up until episode 25 to get your recommendations and everything in so but try to get them in you know early enough because if i have to end up doing something kind of Involved, I may need a little time to work on it. So don't wait until, you know, the week of <laughs> to, to get your, your messages in. So let me know. Now, with that being said, if you just want to email me for any general reason with any questions or comments about the episodes of Dragon Ball Super for our segment called What Are You Saying? Once again, email me at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Now, with that being said, I do have a couple emails I'm going to read on this episode, uh, but I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, And then we'll get on with the episode talk, but it's kind of a lot of things to cover this episode. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. Let's start off with a little bit of Dragon Ball news. Uh, Every now and then I talk about news on here. I mean, it's usually a part of what are you saying? Because it's usually a message that someone sent me or something like that. But this time it's something I just kind of discovered myself. Um, There is there today. There was a brand new Dragon Ball Z video game announced um, called Dragon Ball Fighter Z. 
Uh, I believe this was announced at an Xbox sort of uh, E3 preliminary sort of conference of some sort. Uh, I didn't realize it was that time of year already. I'm usually kind of on top of those things, but I guess with all of my moving and all that stuff, I've kind of lost track of things. But there is a brand new video game that was announced today. So if you want to head over to the Facebook page, uh, once again, Rock the Dragon Podcast on Facebook, you can see the trailer for the game. This is a game that will be available on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, as well as PC uh, in early 2018. I'm just going to read a brief little synopsis here. It says, Arc System Works delivers an explosive action-packed game that combines classic 2D fighting with advanced 3D character models that look and feel as if they are ripped straight out of the Dragon Ball series. Now, I haven't talked much about the video games on this podcast, right? I think I may have mentioned in episode zero, I probably mentioned a couple of the older ones that I had. Uh, I have not really been into any of the Dragon Ball games since uh, Budokai 1 and 2 on PlayStation 2, which are two games that I bought. Okay, when they when they came out, I bought them. Uh, I think I still have them both. Um, don't get me wrong, I know about... Uh, Tenkachi and, and all that stuff. Um, I think the last one I actually played was probably Tenkachi Budokai 3. Or what is it? Budokai Tenkachi 3? Sorry. <laughs> Something like that. There's, there's actually a lot now. I remember there was there was like none for a long time. And you had to go order a game from Japan to get it. But then they just started releasing like a ton. And it's like Burst Limit and uh, Ultra Dragon Balls. I mean, it, there's just a lot of them now. As far as I could tell, okay... None of them were great, though. Now, that's just based on what I've heard people say. That's not based on my actual experience. So don't take my word for that. I'm just saying that's the vibe that I've gotten. Because I just kind of fell out of them after a while. It seems like they, they started spitting them out, and none of them were great. Um, so I just kind of stopped buying them. You know, and, and, and when you're buying, it's, it's funny, because when you, you release a new video game based on this series... You have to try to do something different every game. Otherwise, it's just the same thing, right? Because it's always the same characters for the most part. So it's like, what else could you possibly do? So, you know, if you remember early on, the Budokai games were more of a two-dimensional Street Fighter-esque sort of style. And then for Tenkachi Budokai, they started going a more of a 3D sort of a route to where you can kind of fly around the arena and things like that. Um which is cool, but I don't remember that working very well. So it, you know, so I'm saying all that to say this, this game looks super cool to me and I'm probably going to buy it. Um, they've gone back to the 2d fighting system with uh, 3d rendering, which if anyone, if, if any of you guys play street fighter games, you're very familiar with that. I'm a big street fighter fan. Okay. I um, bought street fighter four the day it came out. Uh, I got Street Fighter V pretty much the day that it came out. So I'm a big fan of those types of fighters. Um, you know, 2D characters, I'm sorry, 3D characters in two-dimensional sort of environments and just that side angle. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously with Dragon Ball, it's, it's, it's hard to make a very faithful Dragon Ball game when you're restricted, right? So in a, in a, in a side angle street fighter type game obviously a lot of the things you're going to your capabilities are going to be limited like I, I can't imagine you'll be able to just fly around the entire um 
area if you want to. Now, hopefully there will be some options to where you can at least hover above the ground or something like that, um, because that would be cool. But I personally, I've been wanting a game like this for a long time. I used to always say, you know, man, if they just made, if they just made a game based on this series that was basically like Street Fighter or Marvel versus Capcom, that series, then it could be an awesome game. And it seems like they're finally doing that. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom 2 is one of my most favorite video games of all time, probably. Um, I'm not going to tell you if it's in my top five or not. <laughs> if you want to find out, you can go listen to that episode of Geekly Dose. But um, yeah, so it looks like they're kind of following that. Now, I was not a big fan of Marvel vs. Capcom 3, okay? And I'm still not sure if that's because I was just getting my ass whipped a lot or if it's because I was so used to playing Street Fighter at that point. I didn't feel like trying to get good at another game. I don't know. But right now, I'm looking at Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And it looks awesome. I mean, it looks incredible animation-wise. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, these games always look awesome in the trailer. <laughs> and then you get the game and it's something different. Um, but my, I, have, I have strong hopes for this. And look, I'm not, I'm not oblivious to Xenoverse and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I know about those games. I know they came out. But I, this just has, there hasn't been enough of a positive reaction that I've noticed from these games to make me want to go out and buy it. Okay, and even this one has got people kind of on the fence. You know, I'm just reading some of the comments, and uh, everybody's saying how it'll never be better than Xenoverse, and how they're they 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 already hate it because it's a it's sort of a side scroller, uh, sort of a fighting game. Once again, that's what I like about it. I've, you know, I don't think, and I just I don't think that we have progressed far enough in terms of technology yet to where. They could make a fully functional, three-dimensional, Dragon Ball Z open-world sort of fighting game that will work uh, flawlessly or even close to flawlessly. You know, because I remember playing Tenkaichi Budokai 3 or 2 or one of them. And um, while the whole open-world sort of thing was kind of appealing there, if I'm not mistaken, whenever you would fight against someone they had to do a split screen and it was just it was just too much stuff on the screen at once right because you have to think about how you're going to show something like that and the camera angles and i just don't think they've figured that out yet they haven't even figured out how to make a really good like open world dragon ball z action adventure game if you remember there was a game called dragon ball z sagas i actually bought that game when it came out it was sort of an open world-esque action adventure dragon ball z game but it was it sucked <laughs> it really did it sucked. I remember I bought the game. I beat it like the same day. It was like a four hour game. And then I returned it. I was like, that was a waste of my money. So I just think, you know, Dragon Ball is just one of those properties that is very difficult to adapt to other mediums other than anime and manga. You know, as soon as you try to turn it into a video game or a, mo a live action movie, then things just become really difficult. So it's a very tough thing to, to get right and I think that this is a good first step I'm hoping with this game because maybe maybe it will just work better in this sort of a style because there's nothing I mean this could be awesome you guys have seen the videos of those Mugen uh, mod those games that they made I mean those things look like a lot of fun and I remember years ago 
Um, there was a Dragon Ball Z mod that I bought. No, I didn't buy it. I mean, it was free, sorry. You know, I found it online, but I had to go and buy Quake 3. You remember Quake 3, that game? Because it used the engine from that. It used sort of the, the build from that. So I had to have that in order to play the game. So I got that, built the mod, and to this day, it was one of the, the most fun Dragon Ball Z games ever played because it was like it was really sort of a single player sort of a thing. But I mean, it was like open world and you could just fly up into the sky and you can fly over buildings and mountains and you could actually pursue the person that you were fighting and you could launch a key blast into the water at them. And it was, you know, it was cool, but it was a mod, you know what I mean? And like those things only work for so long and they sometimes don't work very well. Uh, and I just don't think that they've made a game like that yet. Don't get me wrong. I haven't I haven't actually played Xenoverse 1 and 2, but I just haven't heard enough good things about them yet to want to go buy them. But this game has me very excited. So with that being said, head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast. Watch the trailer. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think about it, um, because at this point, I'm pretty excited and I think I'm going to pick it up. OK. All right. Now. That being said, let's head over to What Are You Saying, our email segment. Once again, email me at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com if you have a question or comment about anything that I said today, so far, anything I'll say for the rest of the episode. Okay, so my first message here is from Brent. Brent, as always, thanks. Brent likes to send me cool little things every now and then. So kind of, you know, speaking of video games, this kind of ties in. A little bit okay so Brent sent me over a link to a video and this is sort of a fan-made sort of a video but it's it's it you know it consists of a lot of footage from uh, you know a, a video game called Dragon Ball Heroes right um, now this is something that I talked about before if you happen to be one of the people who subscribed to my YouTube channel a long time ago you will remember that I actually talked about this back in on March 10th of 2012. <laughs> okay, so head over to youtube.com slash Tim Bridgewater Geek if you want to see this video. It's a video review. It's not the most impressive stuff. Okay, I've learned I've come a long way since I made this video. <laughs> You'll see that with the later stuff. But I did a review of episode of Bardock. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, there was a Bardock movie, okay, where Bardock turned became a Super Saiyan. Bardock, that's Goku's father. It's not. It's a, it's a non-canon sort of side story, sort of a thing. It was only released in Japan, um, officially. So as far as I know, there's no English dub available for it. But you should be able to find it on YouTube now. Um, so I watched that. I did a review of that. But also in the video, I talked about the rumors of a new series. Okay, this was in 2012. So this is before Dragon Ball Super was even announced or we even knew about that. What happened was everyone was seeing the footage of this video game, this um, digital trading card type of video game called Dragon Ball Heroes that was released in Japan. Now, with that game, they created a whole bunch of new animations and footage to promote the game. So what happened was, is that people started seeing that stuff and they thought it was a new series. So I just kind of made a video right at the very end. I'm kind of explaining and saying, no, that's not what it is. It's for a video game, etc." Now, with that being said, gosh, I mean, if you've never seen any of this Dragon Ball Heroes footage, you, you need to go 
Google that immediately because this stuff is awesome. I mean, honestly, it looks better than uh, than Dragon Ball Super does. It just does because I think with Dragon Ball Heroes, what they managed to get right with these animations is that these characters look the same as they looked in Dragon Ball Z. And, and, and by that, I don't mean the clothing. I just mean like the, the way the way they were drawn, the way they aged the characters, all of that. It looks the same, except the quality's better. And that is what I wished <laughs> they would have done with Dragon Ball Super. Instead, they kind of de-age the characters. They don't look the same. The animation's kind of bad in places and stuff like that. But this Dragon Ball Heroes stuff looks incredible. I mean, I don't know who exactly they got to make that, but had they got went to those same people for Dragon Ball Super, I think we'd be in a, a much better place. Now, Dragon Ball Heroes is, is, once again, it's a card game. It's not canon, right? So you're going to see all sorts of characters that you don't recognize because I don't know half of these people. I really don't because I, I never played the game. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting character designs in there, and it's some of the best-looking stuff that I've, I've, you know, I've seen. Like in that game, they kind of combine, and, and Brent kind of mentions this. They kind of, they kind of combine Dragon Ball Z, GT, and Super in the most recent versions of it. Um, you know, with different characters and different character designs, and you, you're going to see all sorts of like alternate universe sort of things. In this footage, I mean, you're going to see like a Super Saiyan 3 Vegito and like I think a Super Saiyan 4 Broly and like all of these power level of these levels of power that these transformations that never actually happened in the series may have happened in Dragon Ball Heroes. So if you just want to get like sort of an, um, an alternate universe view of some of this stuff, you should check it out because there's really a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, so, yeah. Brent, thanks for sending me that. Um, I told him I had a little story to go along with that, and that was my story. You know, you can go to my YouTube channel, check out that video, um, because I, it was easy for people to kind of be mistaken and say, you know, especially when everything's in Japanese, right? <laughs> Everyone thought it was a new series. It wasn't. It was just footage for uh, Dragon Ball Heroes. So, but once again, very cool stuff. Now, one more email here before we jump into the episode talk. This is an email from Robert. Robert, thanks so much for emailing me. I think this is my first time hearing from you. So welcome aboard. Feel free to email me anytime. Uh, I'm going to kind of break your email apart a little bit just because it makes it easy to kind of make sure I address everything. Okay. But Robert's email reads, Hey Tim, I wanted to see if I could help clarify a couple things in your podcast. These are obviously not meant to be malicious just to help out with a fellow Dragon Ball fan. Uh, yeah, right, Robert. I'm extremely offended and uh, go fuck yourself. No, I'm kidding, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, it says a personal opinion I have on why Frieza's followers stay loyal to him is because they are terrified of him. This is the same being that obliterated the Saiyan race with orders from Beerus with the flick of his finger. He also ordered the murders of hundreds of Namekians in search of the Dragon Balls. I believe they stay loyal out of fear and are just trying to survive. Again, personal opinion. Well, Robert, no, I, I actually agree with that. I think I, I think I mentioned that um, uh, for any to just to put this in context for everyone in episode 20. Um, I kind of gave a couple thoughts on Frieza's return and how evil he is and how his followers, um, they still choose to follow him, even though he's so evil. So it's still it made it a little bit less believable for me that um, they would follow someone who's so evil <laughs> to where he would kill them all 
for no reason. I mean, it, just, it, it becomes hard to sort of rationalize me following someone that I know can kill me in any moment unless he's ruling out of fear, right? Which I also mentioned in the podcast. And that's basically what you're saying here, Robert, is that you, you agree, you think it's out of fear. Yeah, no, I think that's what it is too. I think the, the point I was trying to make though is that I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. Like I don't, I, from a story perspective, from a writing perspective, I don't like it, right? I, I think I think it just I think it's kind of an easy way out. I think it's sort of a get out of jail free card in terms of writing. I think it would have been much more interesting had they sort of, you know, if Frieza would have admitted that he had sort of this idealized version of the universe and somehow he convinced them that it was better to stay under his thumb. Uh, instead of them just being like, "Well, he's evil and he, he's, he's strong in everybody, so he can kill everybody." So let's let's. But because when it's like that, and then you have to ask yourself, "Well, why did they resurrect him? Right? Why would you resurrect someone who <laughs> you know you're just going to be afraid of? Right? Because that's what he does. He's ruling out of fear. Um, oh, they're. I'm sorry. They're 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 following him out of fear." Well, what's the point of that? You know, what's the point of bringing someone back to life just so you can be afraid that they're going to kill you, right? So that, I'm just saying from a writing perspective, I feel like that is not very good. Um, but I do agree. Yeah, it's definitely out of fear. I just wish they would have gone a different route. Okay. The next sentence in your email reads here. Uh, Jacko has known the Brief family for decades, actually traveling with Boma's sister, Tights, through Akira Toriyama's manga, Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. Not well known over here in the States, but well known over in Japan. Okay, well, you know, I mean, honestly, I kind of figured it was something like that. Um, I knew that this character couldn't have just come completely out of nowhere. Um, but in a way, he kind of did, at least for uh, North American audiences, because we don't have that here, right? I don't think we... <laughs> I'd never heard of that character before he popped up in Dragon Ball Super. But it does make sense that in Japan, where Dragon Ball is a much bigger thing, I mean, obviously, you know, because Dragon Ball Heroes, that game we we're talking about a second ago, was only released there. And that's a huge game over there, to the point to where they, they, they still update it now with Dragon Ball Super characters. It's still going. Uh, we don't have all that here. You know, we get whatever they decide to share with us. And so this character, Jocko, is not where most of us aren't familiar with him. Um, but I guess it makes more sense now that he would pop up, even though even hell, even <laughs> Gohan and Tian and Nana and Krillin, they don't even know who he is. Because in this episode, they actually mention that. Uh, but that's OK, because I guess it's more of an Easter egg sort of fun thing for Japan, since that's where all of this stuff comes from. And I get that. So I let it slide. Okay, it also says here, Goten also has the same voice actor as was in DBZ, Kara Edwards, and the voice actor for Trunks was changed from Laura Bailey to DB, from DBZ to Alexis Tipton. In defense, Tipton does a superb job with imitating Bailey's voice. Yeah, you know, I actually, I actually Googled that after I recorded the podcast because I realized after saying all of that that I wasn't sure. So I was like, well, let me just look it up. I guess I could have done that while I was recording the episode, but that wouldn't have been any fun, right? I try not to Google stuff like that. I mean, I'd rather just kind of talk about it. And then if one of you guys wants to give me the information, it's great because, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not one of those guys who's just going to sit here and just spout out a bunch of facts. You know what I mean? There's no fun in that. 
try to be authentic. So sometimes things I say are wrong and I was wrong. But it, in my defense, though, that voice is different. So that may be the same voice actress, Kara Edwards, but that is definitely not the same voice. Now, hearing her, hearing that voice, I'm more convinced than ever that they made an actual uh, decision to de-age these characters. Because if you look at Goten, he looks way younger than he looked in Dragon Ball Z. And that voice makes him sound more like a, you know, a younger version of Goten. Um, so it is different. Now, I, yeah, once again, maybe they were just trying to play into the whole, uh, you know, making the, it seems like they've been trying to make this show more kid friendly. Uh, at least at the beginning of the arc. Now, I've heard that later on in Dragon Ball Super, some of that stuff changes. But when they initially brought it back, it seems like they decided to make everything sort of more child friendly. And that's why we got peel off and we everybody looks way younger than they are supposed to look. And uh, Kara Edwards Goten voices, you know, a little less mature than before. Now, what's super impressive to me is that, yeah, Alexis Tipton's Trunks voice sounds a lot like Laura Bailey's. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I, at least they did that, right? At least they just, if, if you do get a new voice actor, and Dragon Ball, this is something that they've always done. Even when they switched over from the uh, Ocean group, um, the Ocean dub to the Funimation dub, at the beginning, those actors, when they came in, they were trying to imitate the voices of the previous voice actors. Um, which couldn't have been much fun for them, but I understand why they would do it because you want you want your audiences to not be confused. And you want to you know create that consistency with the voice actors so you can get invested in the voices. And you know, so when they do change things because of that, I notice immediately. Um, but I didn't realize that was a different voice actor for Trunks. Uh, so kudos to her. So that's great. Uh, good information there. Also, the last thing you wrote here says, also a thing that bugged me a little is that Bulma is in her late 30s, 40s, not 60s. Haha. -ha. Um, yeah, that that was more of a that wasn't meant to be as literal as it may have sounded <laughs> when I said that. Uh, yeah, I just my point there was is that she was she doesn't look whatever age she's supposed to be. And that just kind of ties in once again to uh, them obviously de-aging the hell out of everybody here. Now, with that being said, this actually made me pretty curious because one of the things I've always kind of wondered is um, how old are these characters technically and how do they even determine the ages? Well, I didn't find out that, but I did go to the Dragon Ball Wiki page, which is usually, you know, I don't know who runs that site, but apparently they have some kind of method <laughs> of keeping up with this kind of shit because they actually do have a list of all the characters' ages. Um, during each saga so I'm just gonna go through a few of these for some of the more popular characters and as of right now the saga that we are currently in uh, basically Resurrection F Frieza saga these are according to this wiki page this is these are the ages of the characters uh, it says here uh, let's see Beerus is over 200 million years old Boma is 46 uh, Chi Chi 42 Chao Tzu 41 Gohan 22 Goku 43 but in parentheses it says physically 36 due to death but turns to 39 after time and 
I don't know, Rosat, whatever that is. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, but yeah, see, that, that brings up another question, right? It's, this is why it's so hard to keep up with anyone's ages, because not only do they, they do a lot of time jumps, but you don't actually know when anyone's birthday is unless they show it, like Boma's birthday just happened. And then, and not only that, there's a lot of weird things that happen with time. You know, if you go into the hyperbolic time chamber, right? Only so much, only about two days or so go, you know, take place outside, but in there it's like a year. So how does that affect the characters' ages, the characters that are inside the hyperbolic time chamber? Are they technically a year older? I mean, I guess so, but, you know, you see what I'm saying? So yeah, it's definitely difficult to keep track of all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see here. Um, good boo, <laughs> good boo about five. Okay, so I guess they're, 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 they're not counting... I'm assuming they're talking about Fat Boo, uh, so they're not they're not can combining that with Majin Boo or Evil Boo because that he would be at least thousands of years old. Uh, Goten is 12, Krillin 43. Uh, let's see, Master Roshi 349. Master Roshi, uh, Mr. Satan 43, Oolong 39, Piccolo 26. That's hard to believe, right? Gosh, Piccolo seems like he would be at least 39. But that's, you know, it gets really, once again, it gets really tricky, right? Because he was actually younger than Goku. Because Goku fought King Piccolo, killed King Piccolo. King Piccolo spin up, spit out an egg with, with little Piccolo in it. So he's technically younger than Goku, but it's hard to really think about it like that. Um... But yeah, it's cool. Let's see. Chien is 46. Trunks is 13 at this point. Um, Videl, 22. Yajirobe, 44. Yamcha, 46. So, yeah. I mean, that, that Robert, that sounds about right. And actually, hmm, not, not that I think about it. So this, this Rosat or whatever they're talking about here, maybe, oh, wow. Okay, maybe, maybe that's where... And this this actually ties in into this episode, because at some point, you know, at some point in this episode, um, Whis and Beerus allude to taking Goku and Vegeta to this place where they need if they want to get strong in a short amount of time, a lot like the hyperbolic time chamber, uh, they could do it. And, and so during the episode, he they go fly up into this portal maybe that's what rosat is or rosette and i guess we'll find out very soon so it seems like there's going to be another sort of hyperbolic time chamber sort of a thing going where they can train a lot in a short period of time and get stronger so maybe that's what that is but anyway i just thought it'd be fun to kind of go through those ages uh and just kind of see how old these characters are Okay, the very last bit of the email just simply says great job in the podcast can't wait to hear you next week Robert. Robert, thanks a lot for emailing me. I, I, I truly appreciate it. I hadn't gotten any emails in a while. So if you guys have any questions, comments, etc., make sure you send me an email at uh, <clears throat> rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Now, with that being said, it is time to go ahead and shift over, switch over, uh, shift over to the episode talk. So, of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast is going to cover episode 21 of Dragon Ball Super titled start of vengeance the frieza forces malice strikes gohan uh you know what man i you think i'd be used to these spoilerific titles <laughs> by now uh never mind i'm not gonna even get into it yeah okay so let's talk about the episode 
Uh, obviously, I'm going a little bit longer than I normally do with this episode of the podcast, which I hope you guys appreciate here. Because, man, we're already, what, like 30 minutes into this thing and I haven't even started the episode talk yet. Very hard when you're just talking to yourself, by the way, <laughs> or by yourself. So, man, if you can appreciate that, make sure you leave me a review on iTunes, okay? Thank you very much. Okay, so let's get into this episode. Um, obviously, you know, we, we this episode is going to take place just right where the, uh, the last one left off at. Okay, last we saw here is that Frieza was pretty much at planet Earth. Uh, the remaining Z fighters, the uh, the remaining Z fighters were on their way to the spot, which <clears throat> they pretty much, you know, they could sense Freezer's arrival. So we've got Krillin, Tien, uh, Gohan, Piccolo, and Master Roshi. So they're all just kind of flying to the air, and they get there, and then, uh, well, everybody shows up, right? And and what is probably. Uh, one of the coolest shots, certainly in this episode, but maybe even the entire series, is when all the thousand of Frieza's force are flying out of that ship. <laughs> I mean, that looks pretty awesome. Like it's it's like it's like the entire budget for this episode went to that shot because that stuff looks great. Now some of this other stuff in here is pretty bad. But at least that was incredible. So, yeah, that shot probably ate up most of the budget. But we spent a couple minutes really just kind of they're, they're letting they're just letting us know where everyone else is. Right. Because they're thinking, oh, wow, there's like a thousand of these guys. So where's where's Boo? Because uh, <laughs> Boo is probably, I guess, the strong technically is probably the strongest person that's still remaining on the planet right now because Goku and Vegeta obviously aren't there. Uh, we, we learned that, well, I mean, Gohan hasn't trained and who knows how long at this point. So he's not even very strong anymore. So boo is probably their best bet, but he's conveniently unavailable. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he's just asleep. I mean, I guess they could have tried to come up with a better excuse or reason for where he is, but they just say he's asleep. I mean, he's this weird creature, right? So I guess it's believable that he could be asleep and no one could wake him because that's just how it is. Uh, but we all know it's just a complete, it's just a convenient plot device. So they would have to struggle for a little bit <laughs> at least. Um, and then we all, we also finally, uh, Tian mentions child zoo. He says he felt that it would be cool, better for him to stay home which is weird right because according to that dragon ball wiki what did it say chow zoo was like in his 40s man it's like what the fuck dude like he's like just as old as tian is but hey <laughs> he's just little now you know i i would love to see uh an episode where chow zoo just gets to wreck shit man and he just he just gets to go crazy on somebody like i would love to just see a brief period of time for whatever reason Chaozu is the only one capable of defeating a villain or something. And even it, I just and he's just the, the most powerful character in the in the universe for like 5 minutes. <laughs> you know, cuz I would love to see Chaozu just wreck shit and just see him just destroy a bunch of, you know, cuz we never get to see him shine, man. We never get to see him do anything cool. Even, you know, some of the other characters that we don't get to see shine a lot get some cool moments in this episode. Master Roshi and Krillin and, you know, they left poor Chaozu at home. And then Gohan also mentions that, well, he didn't tell Goten and Trunks because, well, they're, 
you know, we know how they are. And they would probably run, fly head first in the battle and attack Frieza directly himself. Um, but it's still a little bit weird that you didn't bring Goten and Trunks, right? I mean, I, yeah, okay, they're a little bit reckless. But they're, when, when they uh, are Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks, they're probably the strongest character you know, on the show, with the exception of Majin Buu, I guess. I don't know who's technically stronger now, Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks or Majin Buu. I mean, obviously, back in the Buu saga, Buu was stronger. But since time has passed, not much time, but, you know, it's still a little bit rough around it. But, I mean, they let him fight Beerus. So, I mean, why not? I mean, but we do get to see them in the episode, so maybe they'll join the fight uh, soon enough. But I thought it was kind of cool how they just kind of at least gave us a little explanation as to why these other characters aren't there. Um, even if some of the excuses aren't exactly the best. Um, and not only that, once again, they brought Roshi along. So you can't be too mad about that. I thought it was a little bit weird that they brought him along. But it's just like they kind of have all they can get right now. But there's no explanation as to where Yamcha is. Now, <laughs> they didn't even bring Yamcha, man. So it's like... Not only has Yamcha, Yamcha become like a meme and he's very, he's become sort of a joke of Dragon Ball, like, you know, in the real world from the fans. But now even on the show, it seems like they're like, you know what, Yamcha, Yamcha's just useless because <laughs> they don't even mention him. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Yamcha, he should still be at least strong-ish at this point, but whatever. So anyway, Bulma and Jaco show up. Um, because she basically decided she wanted to try to warn them about Frieza's arrival. Of course, they already know. Um, so we get a little conversation here. This, And then once again, this is where we find out that even Tian and Gohan don't know who Jaco is. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, I guess it's just more of an Easter egg for people in Japan. Because when he showed up, they were probably like, oh, Jaco, we remember him. You know, that we don't really have that reaction here in North America unless you were someone who followed along with all of that stuff, which I wasn't able to do. Uh, but one thing that's kind of weird about this, see, it makes it a little, makes it feel way too lighthearted is Boma being there. Um, and she's pretty much yelling at Frieza. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why are you here, Boma? Like, this just, it feels like they're trying to go for some kind of comic relief here that just isn't necessary. And I don't know if I want it either. Like, I feel like this should be super serious, especially when immediately after all of that, we've got Krillin having a flashback of Frieza killing him. I mean, OK, so this is the last time uh, Frieza saw Krillin. Now, Krillin saw Frieza when he came to Earth and Trunks chopped him into pieces, but Frieza didn't see him. So. But it's, all, it's sometimes when they do these flashbacks is a little weird because uh it seemed like the original footage, it wasn't even like retouched or anything. It wasn't HD, which is fine, but it just makes it feel even more like a different show. Like it's not even the same characters because it's so drastically different in some ways. Um, but, you know, it's OK. I mean, I appreciate the flashbacks. I just it's just have to make that sort of uh, observation about it now. Um, so basically, you know, we kind of get this 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 battle. You know, I'm not going to drag this out. It kind of just starts to become this little fight, right? Where Frieza just and and uh, Sorbet they just send certain groups of guys at the characters. They start fighting. 
uh, in some very primitive, unimpressive choreography and animation. I mean, I got to say that it's just it doesn't look very good. Um, you know, it, it, it just it's kind of frustrating because what what <laughs> what's the point of all of this CG and HD shit? If the animation's not going to be very good, like I would, I would take Dragon Ball Z quality over this any day, just because the animation was so good most of the time there, you know. And now they're spending all their money on HD and CG and stuff that, like, the stuff that really we really care about, <laughs> the animation, the fighting, is suffering because of it. Now it's not every single episode. And I do hear that it gets better later on. But some of this stuff just looks really lame. You know, like with these fighting scenes, there's nothing impressive going on here. The most impressive thing that happens in these scenes is that these characters sort of get to shine a little bit, right? So Master Roshi gets a little action. He even unleashes a Kamehameha at some point. Uh, Krillin gets some cool stuff in. He gets a moment there where he kind of, you know, showcases what I guess could only be considered like post-traumatic stress disorder because <laughs> now all of a sudden not only I mean he's always a little bit scared but he would still fight you know what I mean but now he's freezing up he doesn't even know what to do um, which is kind of understandable because well he's standing in front of the person that killed him you know this freezer murdered Krillin in a very gruesome sort of a way so I guess it would be understandable that he'd be a little bit frozen here. But come on, we all know that like <laughs> Krillin is at least stronger than most of these fighters. And he realizes that himself in a pretty cool moment where he starts to kind of realize, hey, wait a second, uh, you know, I'm stronger than I thought. And we even get to see Master Roshi be a master for once because it's been a long time, right? It's been a long time since he's actually been someone's master because, well, I mean, a lot of these characters you know, they kind of surpassed him a long time ago, but we got to see him give Krillin advice. And he's saying, you know what? You were there with Cell and Beerus and Boo and whoever else. And you've been watching Goku and Vegeta. You picked up way more than you realized. And I thought that was cool because it's like, man, that's he's their original master. So it's nice to kind of hear him be that way again, to some extent, instead of just popping up every now and then looking at somebody's tits and then like, you know, getting a nosebleed <laughs> so i thought that that was pretty cool um so we get those cool moments you know and and, and we see some signature moves here once again roshi does a kamehameha the kamehameha uh tian does a tribe beam piccolo does special beam cannon we get some sort of generic quick blast from gohan that what happened what happened to the masenko remember that <laughs> You know, remember the, the Masenko Ha? That it was like Gohan's like sort of signature technique when he was a kid, and like he would use it all the time. Masenko. I mean, I love that. I don't think he ever used that as a teenager though, or when he grew up. You know, I wonder if they'll bring that back somehow. He just started doing the Kamehameha, you know, and then we just kind of lost the Masenko, uh, which I think he learned from Piccolo. I'm not sure. I don't know if they even showed that necessarily but uh it'd be nice for that to come back but it was just weird because everyone else kind of yelled out their special move and then he just did like a sort of generic quick blast that any of them could probably do uh and he didn't even go super saiyan at all throughout any of this but you know they've they've heavily implied that he 
has not been training at all. But he did say that he could still go Super Saiyan if he needed to. Uh, it's kind of sad. It's really sad what he did to Gohan here. And if I if, if I didn't know for a fact that at some point they will fix that, I'd be pissed off. But I do know that things do improve in the future of Dragon Ball Super <laughs> with Gohan. Thank goodness. Okay. Now, uh, let's see. I kind of skipped around here through a lot of stuff. But I'm just going to kind of get ahead here and because uh, I already talked about Krillin getting kind of. Well, no, I didn't talk about that. OK, so at some point, you know, um, Frieza decides to single out Krillin and he's just going to send all of his guys, not all of them, but mo a good bit of them at him at once. And he's saying, you know, if you kill him, you get a, a reward or whatever. And so that's when he starts to freeze and all that. OK. Now, we do get to see Goku and Vegeta for a little bit during this episode. I kind of mentioned this already, though. Uh, they're training. We are still training them. Um, but Beerus mentions this place. He says, well, why haven't you taken them to the place yet? And he's like, well, I don't think that's necessary. Um, but uh, but he does. So rest assured, this is going to be some place that's going to give them a bunch of power in a short amount of time so that they'll probably make their Super Saiyan blue transformations and then they'll head back to Earth to fight Frieza. Do not make the mistake here of not showing us them while they're in this other place. I want to see that. I don't want them to just come back and they'd be like, oh, wow, now we're transformed. Don't do that. Because that's what kind of made me mad about Frieza. Now they do get a Frieza flashback here. Now, if you remember in the last episode of the podcast, I mentioned that one of my least favorite things about this whole saga is that Frieza managed to catch up with everybody in terms of power and four with only four months of training and i said i wouldn't have mind that as much if we would have gotten to see that training well maybe the reason why they didn't show it is because they're planning to flash back to it like they did this episode thus making it more suspenseful and dramatic and revealing uh when they show it because had they shown us that his training for four months well we would have already known that tagama has been training with him so that dramatic effect to find that out wouldn't have happened. So maybe that's why they did it that way. But let's speak. Now, I jumped ahead to that, but that happens also. OK, we get this moment where they kind of sent out one of their stronger fighters. Uh, Gohan decides to take him on. Uh, and man, it, it really kind of made me mad because there was some really good dialogue there from Gohan, <laughs> you know, in that moment to where when the guy has him in the bear hug. And he's saying, you know, I had a child this year and people like you show up and you try to threaten her future. And that's not OK with me. And he's like really calm. And it's like the voice acting is incredible there. Um, and in a moment where we think that he's about to power the hell up and get angry. Well, then all of a sudden this key blast comes out of nowhere. Blasts a hole in this dude. And then it also blasts a hole through Gohan. And we realize that Tagama is the one who shot the blast in his own opinion of doing right by Frieza. He found that it was a good opportunity to strike. So he struck and uh, Gohan was pretty much taken out of commission there. But what we learn here, and this is something that I kind of figured would happen. It, you know, from the moment they introduced Tagama, it seemed like he was going to be a character that was going to get a lot more character development than just your run of the mill Frieza henchman. And we're getting that. We learned that he was training with Frieza during the four months. Um, so he has gotten sort of a power level upgrade himself. 
He's apparently at least stronger than the Ginyu Force. Uh, we don't know how much more stronger yet, but I guess we'll find out. Um, so rest assured that they're gonna have to. Somebody's gonna have to get through him first before they can get to Frieza. So they're probably gonna drag this out a little bit longer. But you know, and uh, Tagama's kind of like saying, "Hey, you know, I, I, you know, if, what if I wipe out all these people for you?" Um, can I be your right hand commander? And he says, not only that, but you can you can do that. You can get all the planets you want, etc. It's uh, something really tragic about that. It almost feels like the whole um, Anakin Skywalker, Emperor Palpatine sort of giving in for greater power, you know, kind of sacrificing yourself uh, to turn to the dark side. Because he was already a bad guy, but he wasn't. He was he was on the he was on the fence, right? Because he was saying, well, maybe we shouldn't even resurrect Frieza, you know, maybe. And he was saying, you know, he was questioning things. But now he's saying I'm not weak anymore. I don't have that stopping me. I learned that I have to be completely ruthless to be powerful. And if that's not like Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader, <laughs> I don't know what is, you know, so a lot a lot of parallels here between those two. Uh, so that happens. And, you know, he puts that hole through them. Gohan's pretty much taken out of commission. He's not killed. Uh Piccolo does manage to uh, restart his heart, just kind of using his energy. And then they give him a sensu beam. So at that point, we don't really know, you know, exactly what state he's going to be in uh, by the end of this thing. But I think I pretty much covered everything. I mean, the what? I think the final shot of this episode is pretty much the Ginyu Frog, <laughs> which we have to talk about that for a minute here. Um. Well, well, okay, sorry. I forgot. Uh, Goten and Trunks also feel a power level rising, so then they take off to the sky, so then they're kind of heading over to the battle themselves. Um, so, but then we do get this this ending shot of Ginyu Frog. Now, I, I mean, I'm, assu I'm assuming that's the same frog. I don't, I don't see why they would keep showing him if it wasn't. <laughs> so... For those who don't remember, you remember that Captain Ginyu, uh, his body, his soul is now inside of a frog because back during the Ginyu saga, uh, you know, he was trying to switch bodies with Goku, but then, or, or with uh, Vegeta or somebody, it's a little, and then, and then Goku threw a frog in the way instead, I think, and um, so now his body, now, so now he's a frog, okay? But my question is, is that gosh man how, did, how is that frog still alive i mean he was on okay i'm gonna retrace our steps here he was on namek okay but namek exploded okay so every thing person that was on namek died now they did wish people back they wished the namekians back i don't remember the specifics of that wish I don't remember how they worded it. I don't remember if it was all of the people who were killed by Frieza come back. Well, that it had to be that, right? Because Vegeta came back. So when they wished back everybody killed by Frieza, they brought back all of the Namekians, but it was, it was within a certain amount of time. Not everyone who was ever killed by Frieza, but everyone who was killed within a certain amount of time by Frieza so it was pretty much everyone who was on planet Namek came back, including Vegeta, right? Um, so was Captain was Ginyu Frog included in that? Why? He, he didn't die. 
He's not dead. His, you know, he just has a different body. So how the hell did he survive that? So then they brought everyone from Namek to Earth because those Namekians didn't have a planet anymore. They brought them to Earth, right? And then they brought them all over to their own planet again. So how in the hell <laughs> did that frog make it to Earth? Okay, what am I missing here? What am I missing? Send me an email, rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Because, man, you know, it's hard to remember all this stuff and retrace all the steps. So I'm sure there's something that I'm missing there. Anyway, okay. Yes, if you have any emails or questions or comments about the episode, please head over to facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. Uh, send me an email, etc. I am all talked out. I have not done an episode of this podcast this long yet, except for episode zero, which was way longer. I mean, that was like an hour and a half or something, (laughs) but I'm losing my voice. Uh, So, yeah, I think I'm going to end it here, guys. Just say for next time until next time. God, I'm sleepy now. For Rock the Dragon podcast, I am Tim Bridgewater and I will see you next time. 25th anniversary coming soon. Not anniversary episode coming soon. Send me your emails. Bye bye.